Welcome to the Merge Podcast. The Merge is a student ministry at the First Baptist Church, Barnwell, South Carolina. The mission of the Merge is to equip students to love God and His people. Here's Pastor Ryan Oldclaw. And with that news that occurred in the, at the end of June, the greatest modern-day rocker died. But yet, do we talk about Michael Jackson when we talk about him? Do we, do we talk about his great ability with art? Do you know that he based his music off of the great composers? Did you know that he loved artwork? Did you know that he was so innovative that he created his own, his own dance moves? We don't talk about that with Michael Jackson, do we? We talk about the fact that he was a drug addict. We talk about the fact that he did everything in his power to bleach his skin. We talk about the fact that he, uh, his, he transitioned his, his physical appearance from, from what he looked like in the mid to late 90s up until what he looked like when he died. That's what we focus on. We focus on the fact that he was $400 million in debt. That he had just lost his home. That's, that's what we talk about. We talk about a guy who grew up without being loved by anybody. And all he sought and all he looked for out of his music and out of the people that were close to him, was somebody to love him. We talk about him being with children all the time and how weird that is. I'm a student pastor. I hang out with kids every day. I'm not weird. That's beside the point. See, the mistake that Michael Jackson chose is this. He chose the world over God. He chose to use the abilities that only God could give him, and he used them for his own gain. He used them for himself. He used the money that he made to try to fill a void of happiness in his life, and it meant nothing in the end. According to a recent poll of American young adult men, 48% believe that most of the problems in the world today were caused by humanity. Most of the problems that are in the world today were caused by humanity. 41% indicated Agreement that Jesus has provided a way to know God personally. 29% could correctly state how one becomes a Christian. And 67% of American men, young adult men, 
We're interested in knowing more about Christianity. We are all on this voyage. We are all on this voyage of, of seeking. We are seeking out things. You are always looking for something. You are always looking for something. You are looking to be loved. You are looking to love. You are looking to be accepted. You are looking to accept. You seek that out from people. You are on a quest for something in your life. And sometimes when you don't find it, when it's not there for you, you start trying to fill it with other things. You allow other things to occupy this space and this void that you think you have in your life because you're not finding what you believe you're looking for. One of my favorite bands ever is the band U2. And as a matter of fact, this Saturday night, just so you know, I'm going to see them in concert. And I'm really pumped up about that. But they, one of their most famous songs is a song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And in that song, they talk about, they sing about going up and going down and looking for, for everything possible to make them happy in life. But they never can find what they're looking for. And it's, it is because, it's not because it's not there, it's because they're not looking in the right place. When you cannot find what you're looking for, it's because you're not looking in the right place. You're seeking out something that does not exist. Unless God is involved. Michael Jackson sought out something that he could never find in a human being. But he could have found it in a relationship with Christ. Too many people try to fill this void with stuff. Too many people believe that things that the world offer, things like money, things like fame, physical attractiveness, material possessions, and a status in the community and around the world. They think that those are the things in this lifetime that will make you happy. Those things will not make you happy. Michael Jackson is a prime example of that. Britney Spears is a prime example of that. Lindsay Lohan is a prime example of that. A lot of Hollywood celebrities are a prime example that it does not matter how much money you have, how, much, how popular or famous you are, how good you look, how much stuff you may have, or your status in the community. None of that matters. Because in the long run, if you're not connected to God, you are still going to be miserable. You're still going to be miserable. One of the, one of the uh, most famous bands when I was in high school was this band called the Smashing Pumpkins. And they, they came about and stuff in the early 90s. And they had this song that talked about being a rat in a cage. And, and he talks about, it talks about having all this rage for life. But yet they're just a rat in a cage. You ever seen a rat in a cage? You just kind of go around and around and around. And you get more angrier and angrier and angrier and angrier. 
when you're not seeking, when you're not, when you don't have your sights set up on the Lord, when your sights are not on God, you will just continue to find yourself going around and around and around in life. And you're going to get more angry and angrier and angrier, and you're going to start trying to fill this, this anger and these voids and everything that's going on, you're going to start trying to fill it with drugs and sex and alcohol and, and, and trying to make yourself look better and all this other stuff. And it does not, it's not going to fill that void. All that will fill that void is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Material things cannot, material things cannot, nor will they ever fill the void where God is supposed to exist. Popularity will never fill the void where God is supposed to exist. A boy or a girl will never fill the void where God is supposed to exist. Changing your physical appearance will never fill the void where God is supposed to exist. In Matthew chapter 19... Matthew chapter 19, we find the story of this rich young ruler. Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 through 22, if you have your Bible. Emily, you can go to the next slide. We find the story of this rich young ruler, and, and he's... This is the only time we ever see the dude in the Bible. This is the only time. This is the only encounter that we know of that he had with Jesus Christ. And he's a rich young ruler. And, and so Matthew 19, starting in verse 16, it talks about his encounter with Jesus. It says this. It says, just then someone came up and asked him, Teacher, what good must I do to have eternal life? Jesus says, why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. And if you want to enter into life, meaning eternal life, if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he asked. And Jesus answered, do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother and love your neighbor as yourself. I have kept all these, the young man told him. What do I still lack? If you want to be perfect, Jesus said to him, Go, sell your belongings and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard that command, he went away grieving because he had many possessions. This guy tonight falls into four categories that I believe some of you fall into. He falls into four categories that I believe some of you either fall into now or at some point in your life you will fall into as to reasons why you, do, you think you, you can have a relationship with God, but in reality you cannot have a relationship with God. This guy he comes up to Jesus. He's obviously seeking something. He's looking for something to try to fill this void in his life. The Bible tells you that he, he's a good guy. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But it says he's a good guy, but there's something that's missing because he realizes he still doesn't have eternal life. He knows he's not saved. So he comes to Jesus and he asks the question, what do I need to do? Jesus gives him the answer. He doesn't like it. 
So it says he goes away grieving. I think he went away pouting. He chose hell over God. Some of you tonight, where you sit, are choosing hell over God. Because you're choosing things, you're choosing to do things that are not right. You're choosing to not have a relationship with Christ. You are making a decision that you do not understand the consequences of. So tonight we're going to look at four characteristics of the rich young ruler. The first characteristic is this. The young man was an educated man. He was educated, and yet still he was not saved. There's no way that this guy could have been rich and been a ruler had he not been uh, educated. Okay, So he was smart. All right, He was very smart. Guys, there's going to be a lot of smart people who are in hell. There's going to be a lot of smart people who are in hell. There's this guy named Richard Dawkins. Richard Dawkins is a British ethnologist, evolutionary biologist, and popular science writer who holds the Charles Seminar Chair for the Public Understanding of Science at the University of Oxford. He studied zoology at Oxford. He was tutored by a Nobel Prize winning ethologist. He had a BA degree in zoology in 1962, followed by a, a MA and a de degree of philosophy in 1966. He has a uh, degree in science in 1989, from 1967 to 1969. He was an assistant professor of zoology at the University of California in Berkeley. In 1970, he was appointed a lecturer, and in 1990, a reader in zoology at the University of Oxford. In 1995, he was appointed seminar professor for the public understanding of science at the University of Oxford, a position endowed by Charles Seminai with an express intention that Dawkins be the first holder. This dude is smart, all right? He's got like six degrees. My boy's smart. But in reality, he's actually an idiot because he's not saved. And as a matter of fact, not only is he not saved, he is an atheist. He's an atheist. With all the knowledge that he has about earthly things, he has no knowledge whatsoever about God. He says that God does not exist. As a matter of fact, he wrote a book called The God Delusion, where the entire book is trying to explain away this idea of a Savior, of a God in general. This dude thinks that when we die, that's it, it's over, you're going to go into the ground, you're done, you'll just rot there. All the intelligence that a man could have, and he's dumb enough to make a decision that sits him at the gates of hell. It does not matter how smart you are. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you will never get into heaven. You will never experience the fullness of life that God offers to people. 
If you are a straight-A student and you're not saved, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The second thing that I want you to see is that the young man was a good man, yet he still was not saved. Verses 18 and 20. Verses 18 and 20 says this. Which ones he asked them. He's, he's, I'm sorry. Verse 17. Uh, he says, why do you ask me about what is good? He said to him, there's only one who is good. If you want to enter to life, keep the commandments. Verse 18. Which ones he asked. Jesus answered, do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother and love your neighbor as yourself. I have kept all these, the young man told him. What do I still lack? See, the guy, the guy was a good guy. He does all this stuff. He takes care of grandma, right? He helps a little old lady across the street in the downtown Jerusalem. Helps her carry her groceries and apples and stuff across the street, right? He, if, if he still lives at home with mom and pop, he, he cleans his room, which was probably also the kitchen back then and, and stuff. And so... He keeps the roof swept, right? Because he used to hang out on the roof a lot, you know? Cleans the bathtub. Well, no, because that was public. But anyway, he, he was a good guy. Didn't murder anybody, right? How many of you have ever murdered anybody? Let me know now so I can leave, all right? How many of you have ever committed adultery? Don't answer that. I'm just kidding. Committed adultery, anybody? Oh, nobody's ever committed adultery. How many of you, you committed adultery? Okay, you better not have. Autumn, is that your boyfriend? Okay, we need to talk. All right, so, so he's never, he, he doesn't do bad stuff, right? I mean, truth of the matter is, I've had a lot of people say to me, well, I don't murder people, so I'm going to heaven. You know, I don't, I don't do this, I'm going to heaven. I don't drink. I don't drink, I'm a good person, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I'm a good person. I waited to have sex until after I was married. I did that. I'm a good person. Well, you can be a good person all you want, but if you're not a good person who has a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're going to be a good person in hell. That's the reality. You can be good and do all the greatest things in the world. You could be the one. You could be the one who finds a cure for every cancer that exists. You could be the one that finds a cure for AIDS. You could be the one that finds the end to world hunger. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter. You will be judged just like everybody else. Being good doesn't get you into heaven. Doing good things for people doesn't get you into heaven. But faith and trust in Christ as your Savior, that's what gets you into heaven. The third thing, well, no, don't yet, not the third thing. There's a, a guy I want you to introduce you to. You probably know him. Ted Turner. Ted Turner used to own the Atlanta Braves. He sold them. But Ted Turner... Founded in 1990, in 1990, he, uh, the Ted Turner Foundation, I'm sorry, was founded in 1990, and, and it supports efforts for improving air and water quality, developing a sustainable energy future to protect our climate, right? He's trying to do some good stuff with all his billions of dollars. 
So, so you, got, you got the Ted Turner Foundation. He also has the Captain Planet Foundation, which is founded to educate and empower children on how to make a positive impact on their own lives and the health of their communities. He, in 1997, he founded the Turner Endangered Species Fund, which, which looks to support uh, protecting wildlife who are endangered. He, uh, in 2001, he established the United Nations Foundation. He gave a billion dollars to the United Nations. A billion dollars. Ted Turner launched the Nuclear Threat Initiative, a foundation he co-chairs with the former Senator Sam Nunn, which works, close, which works to close the growing and increasingly dangerous gap between the threat of nuclear and chemical and biological weapons. Ted Turner, pretty good guy. Gives a ton of money away. However, Mr. Turner, over the years, has made comments concerning evolution. One of his comments says this, basically, we are merely chimpanzees with about 2% more intelligence and a little less hair. During his childhood, Ted Turner was a professing Christian. However, during, during his teen years, he rejected the idea that there is a God and became a professing atheist after his sister had died from lupus. He once stated, if that's the type of God he is, I want nothing to do with him. In the last few years, he has evolved yet again, and recently on a TV show, proclaimed himself to be a professing agnostic, which means that he believes that God could possibly exist, but there's no real evidence for that. Ted Turner, if he doesn't give his life to Christ, will be a really good guy who is in hell. Third thing that I want you to see about the rich young man, he lived for the world. Verse 21 to 22 says this, If you want to be perfect, Jesus said to him, Go sell your belongings and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard that commandment, he went away grieving because he had many possessions. The Bible clearly promises in 1 John 2, verses 15 through 17, the Bible says that if you, if you do the things of the world, if you live your life for the world, you're going to fade away with it just like the world is. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Emily, I think I have that, don't I? Go and put that up there. It says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of the eyes, the boasting of what he has and does, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. If you choose the world over God, you will pass away with the world. All of Michael Jackson's possessions could not save him. They faded away. They could not make him happy. You could have the best car. You could have the most money. You could have it all. 
But if you don't have God, you have nothing. It says the will of God lives forever. The Bible defines worldliness by centering morality on what we naturally know it should be. Worldliness is the lust of the flesh, which is a passion for sensual satisfaction. Okay? It's a lust after, it's, it's, you know what that means. It, the lust of the eyes means that you see things and you want them. You see things and you want them. You see what somebody else has, so you want to try and go get it. You want all these possessions. You want them so bad, you'll do anything you can to get it. It's the pride of life. If it, it is self-satisfaction in who we are, what we have, and what we've done. It's all about what you've accomplished in life. It's all about what you accomplished. It has nothing to do with God. It has nothing to do with anybody else. It's all about you. This young man chose himself over God. The fourth thing that I want you to see is this fact. The rich young ruler wasn't willing to surrender at all to Jesus. When I was 19 years old, I was saved. Like I said, I'm, I'm a music fanatic. I love music. I love all kinds of music. Don't be offended. I really do not like rap that much, okay? That is, that is probably one of the least listened to genres that I pay attention to, all right? But I, and I don't like country music either, okay? I'm sorry, I listen to it sometimes. It's not my favorite. I like classic rock, all right? I love some 80s music, because I grew up in the 80s. Love 90s music. I love Christian music, all right? But when I was 19 years old, I was a, uh, still like I am now, a music fanatic. And, and I had this, this case of CDs, all right? It was for, uh, of course, iPod was out. So we were still carrying around our cases of CDs, right? And I had a case of CDs that was, it was this big, and it was about this thick. And it was jam-packed with CDs. All the way from Nirvana, the Foo Fighters had just come out. I was listening to Pearl Jam. There was some Metallica in there. There was uh, all kind of stuff. Bon Jovi, Motley Crue, don't laugh. Motley Crue, Poison. I mean, Leonard Skinner, uh, Stephen, um, uh, what's your name? Marshall, Marshall Tucker Band, uh, people like that. I mean, just all kinds of music. All, if, all these U2 CDs were in there. I mean, it was just my collection. Nirvana, I mean, it was my collection of music. When I got saved, God told me he wanted all of me. And that I, there were things that I was going to have to give up. Even to the point where I sat down with my five best friends one night and I said, Guys, this is the decision that I have made. God is calling me to do something else with my life other than what I'm doing right now. 
and, and here's the deal. You guys are either with me or you are against me. I was willing to choose God over my best friends. But I was not willing to give up my music. So what I did is I went through this CD case and I pulled out all these CDs that I was going to give away. And I, I said, I'm going to hold on to some of them because they're going to be collector's items one day. And I'm, I'm just going to hold on to these CDs. They're mine. Not willing to surrender this over to you, God. One of my friends, a mentor of mine, had given me a DC Talk CD. It is when Jesus Freak had first come out. And so one afternoon, I was riding down the road, listening to my Jesus Freak. I had a stack of CDs in the seat of my car that I was wanting to give away to people, right? And then I had my book that I wasn't giving up. Well, that afternoon after work, me and a friend of mine, I let him look at my CDs that I was giving away. I said, Bo, you can have, I didn't say Bo, I didn't know the word Bo then. I said, hey, man, you can have these CDs, they're yours. Take them. He took them. I pull out to leave from work, pull out on one of the busiest streets in Seneca. I look up, I see my CD case fly off the top of my car. And I'm thinking, whoa, man, that's my CDs. So I turn around to go back to get them, right? I get out, I'm in the median, opposite lane, middle lane, my CD book. I take a step to go get it, no joke. Big truck comes by, hits the CD case, they shatter right in front of me. What I was not willing to surrender to God, he took. Only CD I had left to my name was that Jesus Freak CD. I had a buddy with me. I got back in the car. He's like, dude, you've got to be mad. I was laughing. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Every one of my CDs, gone. Except for DC Talk. You have to be willing to give it all over to him. You have to be willing to give it all over to him. Do I stand up here now? Do I stand up here now and be like, man, I miss my CDs. I want them. No, I don't miss them. I don't even remember half of them. It's not that important to me now. There are some things, some of you that are here tonight, that, that you're refusing to allow God to become controller and ruler of your life because there's things in your life that you're refusing to let go of. You're refusing to let go of a boy or a girl, right? You, you're refusing to let go of a boy or a girl. Hit the slide, Emily. Thank you. <laughs> you're refusing to let go of a boy or a girl, right? You're in this relationship, and you're just unwilling to let it go. You're like, man, if I become a Christian, and my girlfriend's not, i got to break up with her, and she's hot, and I'm not, and I'll never get another girlfriend. That's what Zach went through and with Valerie, and then he had to get saved. That's right, Zach. That's right. And, and, then, and then there's some of you that are like, man, I've got these friendships that I love and these guys that I love, and these girls that I love, and if I become a Christian, I'm going to have to get rid of these friends. Well, guess what? God will provide you more friends. Because if they're looking to harm you, why are they? They're not even your friends anyway. 
And then there's some that says, if I become a Christian, I'm going to be a nerd. Sorry, Josh, if he's still in here. I'm a Christian and I'm not a nerd. <laughs> What's so funny? I'm not a nerd. <laughs> Emily's a Christian. Well, she is a nerd. Never mind. <laughs> you have to... Some of you think that if you become a Christian, you're going to have to cash in your party card, right? You think that if you become a Christian, that means that you have to on Friday night sit at home with your little group of Christian friends, with your little candle in the center, holding your hands like this, singing Kumbaya to each other. You think that that's it. You know, life is over. No more fun for me. Kumbaya 24-7. That if you even think to wear something black, that's a sin, right? I mean, you can't even, don't wear anything black. And you don't have to give up your party card. You just change the parties that you're going to. You, you, you go and hang out at Libby's house because that's where all the cool people go. And if you go on Friday nights, if you go on Friday nights after the home football game, she'll feed you breakfast. Free. You change where you go. You change who you hang out with because that's what God demands of you. Because it's better for you. It's safer that way. God wants everything. He wants to protect you from the evils of this world. He wants to protect you from the evils of this world. Guys, there are people that are looking to hurt you. They're looking to hurt you. And if you give in to them, it will hurt you. Check out this video clip real quick.
That's what God wants to do for you. That's what he wants to do for you. If you are struggling with addiction, if you are struggling, if you're seeking out for something, you are searching for this love that you just cannot find anywhere else, and so you're turning to things that you know you shouldn't be turning to, God wants to take all it away from you. So tonight you're going to have an opportunity to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Emily, skip the next one. Go to the next one. Yeah, go to the next one. There you go. Too many times I've stood up here. And, and I've said, you got to get saved. you got to get saved. Jesus loves you. you got to get saved. And I've never told you how to do that. So here's what it is. How to be saved is this. Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody has sinned from the time that Adam and Eve made the fall, the, the failing mistake in the Garden of Eden to listen to that serpent Sin entered into the world at that point, and we became people who are dead in our sin. God's whole reason for creating humanity was to pursue us, was for us to love Him and Him to pursue us. God has pursued us from that point up until now. He has pursued us because He wants to have a relationship with you. God never runs away from you. You run away from God. 
But Romans 3.23 says that you are a sinner. All have sinned. We are all equal in our sin. We are all bad people. Because of the decision that was made in the Garden of Eden. So something had to happen. Something had to happen. Because since we are all sinners, Romans 6.23 says that we all deserve death. It says for the penalty of sin is death. And it's not the type of death that you experience here on earth. It is a second death. A death that will convict you and send you to hell. It is a death that will separate you from God for an eternity. It is the second death. It is the worst possible death that you can have. Being separated from God is the worst possible thing that could happen to anybody. And because we are all sinners, we all deserve the second death. But Romans 5.8 says this, Jesus loved you so much, he took that death for you. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for you. Even though we are all sinners and we deserve the penalty of death, God took it for you. And he placed it upon his son, Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh. He took it so that you wouldn't have to. So that you wouldn't have to experience an eternal separation from God. So that you could have the opportunity to one day accept Him as your Savior. And spend an eternity with Him. He sent His Son. He he was placed on a cross at His own choosing. He died. But He rose again three days later. So that all could say they have an opportunity to join Him in a relationship. Romans 10, verses 9 through 10 says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So the first thing that you have to do is understand and admit that you are a sinner. And then because of that, you have to understand that because you're a sinner, what you deserve is to die A second death, a death that will separate you from God for eternity. But then you accept the fact that Jesus Christ came to this earth, God in the flesh, to make known to you what God is like. He came to this earth to make known to you what God is like. And he took death. We nailed him to a cross. He came to love us, and we nailed him to a cross, and we killed him. And he took it for you. He didn't have to, but he did. You accept those three things, and then you confess with your mouth, from the heart with your mouth, that Jesus Christ was and is exactly who he says he is. And you can spend an eternity in heaven. But the cool thing about it is this. Eternity doesn't start after you die. Eternity starts as soon as you accept Christ as your Savior. 
and you enter into this relationship with Him, and all this junk that goes on in your life will not mean that much to you anymore. Because you'll be focused upon Him. You'll be focused and motivated, and your purpose will be found in Christ Jesus. And that's all that will matter to you. Everything else will fall into place. That's what it means to be saved. And the rich young ruler didn't get it. Do you get it? Everybody bow your head and close your eyes. We're going to dismiss tonight like this. Just going to have Chris come up. And uh, I just want him to strum on the guitar. We're, gonna, we're not going to do the last song, guys. Here's how we're going to end tonight. Everybody's heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. not going to keep you much longer. It's 8 o'clock. Time to go. But I want you to seriously think about this decision. I want you to seriously think about the decision that you have to make. And everybody has to make that decision eventually. And now is your time to make that decision. You may not have tomorrow to make it, but you have right now to make the decision. What are you going to choose? Eternal lasting love from God or a world that's just fading away into nothing? If you're a Christian in here tonight, I want you to be praying for those who aren't. If you're not saved, if you know you do not have a relationship with Christ, I want you to stand up right now. Just stand up right now where you're at. Stand up. If you are not saved, be bold enough to make a statement and stand up. And make that decision right now to give your life to Christ. To make the right choice. you're not saved tonight and you're not ready to take a stand you're not ready to stand up I'm going to sit up here at the front after the service is over I'm going to pray and then we're going to be dismissed okay I'm going to hang out up front if you have questions if you're unsure about some stuff and you want to talk come up here talk to me please come talk to me Father God, I thank you for our time tonight. I thank you for the opportunity to be able to stand up here and to deliver your message to these kids. God, let them know how much you love them, how much you desire to have a relationship with them. 
God, let them never forget it. Lord, we love you so much. Amen. You guys are dismissed.